The enemy of productivity is fear. For the closed-minded person, it's a fear of instability, a fear of how the truths of the unknown will destabilize what is good about what is known. This is a very real and understandable fear. The next way fear cripples us is more sly and even more powerful. The productivity of an open-minded person is killed by fear of social isolation. Your sister is killed. You catch a glimpse of her killer and he sees you too and threatens, saying he'll kill you if you say anything. He's well connected and you have reason to believe that he will make good on his threat. The following day, the police call you in. They ask you to pick him out of a lineup. Do you intentionally pick someone else or do you tell the truth? When there's a gun to your head, do you bend the knee? This is the situation we find ourselves in. Open-minded people will put every opinion on the table, but they'll pretend not to believe something they know to be true if doing so is unpopular. At the heart of both of these is atheism. Ultimately, all atheism is convenience-based. Recently on his podcast, Joe Rogan quoted Sam Harris, stating, There are 99 gods that Christians don't believe in. We atheists just take it one step further. Which was followed by congratulatory laughter. This self-satisfaction seems to be the clearest depiction of atheism I have found. The inflation of self, of one's knowledge, of one's rationality. The subjectivist of an atheist inflates their importance until truth is whatever they deem satisfying. Subjectivism is the beating heart of atheism, and it is not reserved for people who call themselves atheists. The desire to play God is a human universal. It may be humanity's deepest impulse. Our stated religion does not protect us from its grip. In fact, evil would prefer we did its biddings in God's name. Subjectivism comes in two forms. The first is the man who is unwilling to let his ideas be tested. The second is unwilling to fight for what he knows to be true if it's unpopular. Both men sacrifice truth to comfort. The first to the comfort of the familiar. The second to the comfort of the majority. Here's the way I see this playing out. As you all know, we're coming up to a national election. And with that comes a lot of high-running tempers, as it should be. I'm actually one of very few people I know that advocates for arguing on Facebook about politics. I like the democratization of discussion of these big issues. I like that average people get to say what they think. I like the argument. I like it. Because people are coming out with the opinions they have. Things are coming out that were once hidden. And people are hashing out where they fall. I would much rather that than for five people on five major channels to be able to decide every thought that the common people of that nation have. I actually think that lively disagreement is a part of believing in something, believing in anything. And I want to read you something from a pastor that really is indicative of a lot of what I'm seeing. Regardless of who wins the election, regardless of any new guidelines passed down, regardless of any new changes made in our daily lives, let our unchanging normal be to love Jesus and love our neighbor. Now, this is a really long post, and it's very well-intentioned, I suppose. But deep down, this is a decoupling of the spiritual and the literal. It is a decoupling from our beliefs and our actions. I see this a lot 
within the Christian people that I come in contact with on Facebook, um, especially among pastors and among church leaders. These same people that are saying things like that are the people that, when push comes to shove, are posting stuff about Black Lives Matter and are folding to the mob. Because although they pretend that it is about holiness, it is really about cowardice. It is really just a fear of the mob. It is a fear of being in the out group. It is a fear of being disliked. And I see this all the time right now. I saw a post the other day saying, oh, I just can't wait till 2021 when there's so much disagreement right now. Why can't we all get along? Because to all get along in a moment of decision, when there's a huge this or that, when there's a huge decision to be made that is extremely important and extremely controversial, to have no opinion, to do nothing, is cowardice. It is not civility. It is cowardice. I do not believe that we should be weak people that will just be bowled over by whoever is the strongest. You see this among the same group of Christians. When someone with a big hammer, with a big fist comes, they just fold because they do not know how to integrate what they believe with their actual life. They have decoupled their stated beliefs from their actions as if there is any morality in that, as if there is anything Christian about that, as if our beliefs are not meant to be in the real world and really do something in the real world. It is cowardice. It is not civility. It is cowardice. And this impulse to pull out from the real world, to pull away from effects of the actual place we find ourselves in, is just an impulse to fold to the mob. It is just an impulse to not be disliked. It is not courage. It is not morality. It is cowardice. And on the other hand, sometimes you will see disagreements go too far. You'll see people make it personal. You'll see people make it vindictive and spiteful. If you're arguing on Facebook and you are spiteful and you are feeling resentment towards that other person, that either means that you're half wrong or you haven't thought it through. If you haven't thought it through or you're half wrong, then you will be resentful and have deep anger towards that other person. If you are completely right and you really have filled in all the blanks of your argument, you should be able to present your argument in a completely fearless way without any personal spitefulness because you do not need that. It will make you look weak and it will make your argument weak. If your argument stands for itself, it does not need to be attached to a personal attack. We should be fearless in our opinions and we should be fearless in our openness to change them. We should be completely without fear. But I can't stand seeing people pretend that they're moral because they're cowards. And as we go into the election and we go into a time of disagreement, may we do so in a calm and logical manner. And in the ways that we start to feel resentment towards one another, may we fill in those blanks. May that be an indicator that we don't have enough of the answers, that we're either partially wrong or we're partially still in the dark, and that as we fill in those things, as we make our arguments stronger and stronger for the beliefs that we have, may we be able to do it in a more clean way. But this is a moment of decision. 
This is a moment of controversy. This is a moment for action. And do not be put down by people who cower in the face of it. Do not be discouraged by people who are scared of their own shadow. They do not represent morality. They represent cowardice. May we go forward with complete openness of mind and complete strength and boldness of heart. I love you guys.